Jesus is Lord over Father God, the south, the north, the east, the west. We thank you for a sweeping, Father God, tsunami of your love across this land. In the mighty name of Jesus, and we give you praise and honor and glory. Hallelujah. We just magnify you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. 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 So praise the Lord. So good. So good. Father, tonight, as we just spend this next few minutes together, I thank you that you touch each and every one of us with a new sense of expectation. Father God, with a new sense of the gravity of which, Father God, we're facing, of which, Father God, you're leading what it is we're to do, how we're to do it, that you give us direction, you order our steps. There's none of us, Father God, that's left out. You've brought us all in. You've given us, Father, the tongue of a pen of a ready writer. You've given us, Father God, a heart that overflows with a goodly theme, a tongue that writes the script. Whatever it is we need tonight, Father God, we write it, we declare it, we decree it. And Father, we declare, we decree that our greatest days are manifesting. We decree, we declare that we'll never be disappointed because we put our trust in you. That Father, no matter what turns, no matter what comes, Father, we know that you're our ever-present Father God, you hold us to the path. You never cause our foot to slip nor stumble. Any net that's been laid for us, Father God, they are caught in it. A ditch that is dug for us, Father, others fall into it. You hold us high. You set our feet upon the rock. You raise us up, Father. You cause us to ride in the high places. You've given us a view like none other. We can see like others can. You've given us eyes. You've given us ears, Father, that hear what others cannot hear. And you've given us hearts to discern what, Father, others do not know. We're a blessed bunch, Father. And right tonight, Father God, in the city of Dublin, Father, like other moves of God, like other outpourings, it started with a few hungry. But, Father God, the hungry won in the end. The hunger brought such a move of your spirit. Father, all you're looking for is one to say that I can show myself strong in him. I can show myself strong in her. Father, your church started in fire. We declare it will finish in fire. It started started in tremendous demonstration. It will finish in tremendous demonstration. No matter what's going on in the middle, Father, we're not moved by any of it. We're not moved by any of it. And we give you all the praise all the honor. Can we just lift your hands just, just for a couple of minutes more? Come on, tell them what you want in this atmosphere. What is it that you see? Not that you see through a preacher, not that you see through some anointed prophet, but what do you see? What do you see in scripture? What do you see that God says can happen? Because that's the dream. You hold on to see and make sure that the dream comes to a manifestation and a reality. Father, tonight we believe in it. We believe. 
we believe, therefore we speak. We speak, Father. We look to the things which are unseen and say, Father God, that we can call those things that be not as though they were. We can speak manifestation of a heavenly nature. Life's changed. That, Father, even tonight, will to make tomorrow morning glorious. That, Father, tonight we can make some things possible for someone that will walk in tomorrow morning. That's what we believe. That's what we pray. It's just not about the moment. It's what you're doing today, tomorrow. You're the same, and we give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 So forgive me, but uh, I just sensed to get up and change to my head now. Am I good? I got it. We good? <laughs> you may take your seats just for a couple of minutes tonight. We won't have to go long, but I have this expectation in my belly that something is up. You know, I've been walking through the streets of Dublin yesterday evening and thank you and you know there wasn't one pub that I didn't see that wasn't full and their outside was packed and the buzz was in the air and you know why they're there they're there with the expectation that they're going to receive a spirit it's amazing how the world can go to the pubs, pubs and the clubs with an expectation that they're going to get full. Over those years walking in the world, what did you say, I'm going to get full tonight? They have an expectation. You know what, I believe it's coming to the church that we're going to once again visit church and believe that we're going to get full again. Hallelujah. Say this with me, a move is coming. How many people believe that? Hallelujah. I know you all know me, um, but I'm here, I believe, on assignment, and uh, we're, not, we're not waiting for tomorrow morning. I'm not here looking for a meeting either, but I believe there is a word from the Spirit, and I believe that we can do something tonight. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, in all moves of God, and you've heard me say it, there were the hungry that started. You know that it didn't start with 2,000 hungry people. It didn't start with 5,000 hungry people. It started with a few. And after everything that we've been through over this last couple of years, you have to understand is that there's a lot of people, they are not switched on to a move of God. They are switched on to doing the barely getting by, even with church. If we can get to church once on a Sunday or once a week, then we are doing good. Amen. Before it was we had people up going in the right way. We had people going to meetings, conferences, all those different things. I personally, I'm happy with the shakeup because it lets us see where everything is at. Can I have a big amen? It lets you see what you're working with. I know it's summertime, I know it's vacation time, amen, but you know, that doesn't mean to say that we stop for the summer, amen. We, we have to keep going, and we work with what we've got because we work with the Spirit, and when you work with the Spirit, you have everything, praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. So I want you to go with me quickly to Haggai. Um, let me see. Haggai, uh, well, we'll go to Hosea, verse 6. Now, this is a, this is a well-worked scripture, but I want to speak to you because we're in times of misinformation and we're in times of overload of information. Amen? But that doesn't mean to say that we are getting the right information. Amen? The discernment of our heart, the workings of the Spirit is going to tell us and reveal to us what it is that is right. And what we're doing right now is we're fighting for the right to receive the truth, to hold on to the truth, and not to be deceived out of the truth. <laughs> and I know that I'm preaching to the church, but I want to tell you this also, that you have to understand that Satan is good enough that he deceived a third of the angels. So you have to understand that you are not working with some two-bit demon prince. The Bible calls him three or four times and amplified an evil genius. So you have to know is that he is some type of buddy if, uh, if he can take at least a third of the angelic hosts with him, right out of the presence of God. So I, what I don't want you to do is to ever underestimate what Satan is capable of. What he does not want is the end time church to manifest. What he doesn't, that he is fighting tooth and nail. I have been working since I got here, taking authority over forces at work. You say, well, that's just you, Pastor Paul. No, it's not me. It's supposed to be the church. There are forces at work. Yes, we want just a kumbaya service. We want to come and have a worship experience. We want to come and just have a good church service. We just want to come and sing a song and preach a message. Amen. We don't want to hear anything that will slightly convict us in any way. We just want to hear that we are good and just let us go motivated into another week. But it's not working, ladies and gentlemen, because there's a spirit in the world that is playing into that and is causing the body of Christ to go further into a trance and sleep. We don't need the body of Christ to go further into a trance and sleep. We need them to awaken. I want you to shout that out, awaken. Now, if you say the odd amen tonight or hallelujah, you're going to help me get this out. Praise the Lord. Amen. We can make a lot of noise in this auditorium. This church is paid for it, so we can do whatever we want in it. Hallelujah. Just for tonight. So I want to minister to you about land of hungry saints and spiritual scholars. It's been known as a land of saints and scholars, but I want to rename it. A land of hungry saints and hungry scholars. In Hosea uh, 4 verse 6, it says this. Look at this. My people are ruined because they don't know what is right or true. Because you've turned your back on knowledge. So, we're living in a time where we don't know what is right or true. We don't know what is right or wrong. Who is telling us the truth? Is the church telling us the truth? Well, that de depends on what church you're part of. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. Aren't you glad you're part of all nations, church? Yes. Jeremiah 33 and 2 and 3 says this, Less is the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you. Everybody say, answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. We are about to get a download of our lives in the name of Jesus. If you seek the Lord, amen, you are going to be what? 
found by him. He is going to speak back to you. He's going to tell you things that you need to know, and he is going to keep you free from deception. I've been focusing on these things, these forces that are at work. What is it that has worked? Because there's no problem getting somebody at any time. Look, today, even I went out early this morning so that I could get back into my room and spend time with the Lord. Even at 10 o'clock this morning, the, the city was full. Grafton Street was full. I even looked at some area and they were full. People sitting out on the streets. There's no problem with people being out and about. But it's where they're out and about. We've just come through a couple of years. You would think right now that people would be scared half to death and that they would be looking for comfort in the church, but they're not, ladies and gentlemen. There's something wrong with that picture when the world doesn't even look to the church for an answer. I declare that things are changing. Why do I say these things? It's because it's more than a church that is going to turn this thing around. It's going to be a move of the Spirit. Just like what happened in the north, I believe it's going to hit in the south. And I believe God is looking for those individuals that are not going to relent, that are not going to let up, that are not going to step back, but are just going to hold their nose to it, constantly just pushing into it, regardless of whether people are with them or not. It happened in the north through six hungry men. I believe it can happen through six hungry people in the south again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I believe it. If you believe it, shout a big amen. Come on, guys. Amen. The bars are sitting full. Amen. Why are they there? It's not because there's some big personality down the pub. Amen. They're there because they're expecting to get full. They're expecting and they're paying big dot bucks just to sit there and get full as a poo on a chair. Amen. Having a laugh with their mates, having a laugh with their friends, hoping that they score tonight. Amen. The church, we don't come to church thinking that we can get full, even that we think we can score with God. We come just punching you know, the clock in so that we can say we've been here and then we can leave again. It's all about to change, hallelujah, why? Because I believe that the Spirit of God is about to hit the streets. I know evangelism is important, but when God began to move in the north, amen, he began to move sovereignly. People began to drop in the streets into their knees and begin to writhe in the dirt. And I believe that we're about to face and witness this one more time. I'm trying not to preach, but I am telling you, I've walked about these streets agitated and irritated because I can see that the world is back in, in full swing. They don't care about COVID. They don't care about nothing. All they're caring about is fulfilling their needs, their satisfaction, their personal satisfaction. They want what they want and they're going to get it at all costs. But I tell you, the God of interventions is about to come in and he's about to step down into this mess, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Because there's a rapture coming and we're going to take more with us than what's going to be left behind. You don't want your children left here in the tribulation. You don't want your family left here in the tribulation. You think this is bad. You have no idea what's about to be released by the enemy on the earth. He is planning this joke mess. Hey, but I tell you, there is a God who has planned through the ages of time for an escape and evacuation of the church. Can I have a big amen? I don't care what you believe. I, it's up to you, but I am going. As soon as the rapture is called, I will leave here and my family will leave here with me. You can stay if you want, but I'm not witnessing in this mess one more minute. Why? Because God has a plan. Shut it out. God has a plan. You may be rubbing your head wondering what's going on right now, but I'm telling 
telling you, if you're looking to Jesus, he is keeping you. He is encouraging you. He is strengthening you. When everybody else is trying to run the other direction, you are running to God. You are looking to Christ and you are keeping the cross before you. You are not getting discouraged and getting yourself just into a place of disappointment. Why is the people this and where are the people and what's happening? Why are churches falling apart? Listen, what is not of the kingdom of God will be shaken. Things will fall apart before your very eyes because it was not of God. Selah. Whoever Selah is, we're thankful for her. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29. 29, 13, and 14. My God, I call forth a move of your spirit. Raise up the hungry father. The churches are full of people preaching messages, but Father God, where's the people that want to hold on to the horns of your altar? Where are the hungry Father that will not let you go? The Father God desire your fire and your presence. Where are the ones that want to sit in your glory for 40 days like Moses, Father God, to bring something from heaven? Father, we call forth that of the fast of God and Father, that of revival and outpourings and awakenings in the name of Jesus. Verse 13, you maybe haven't heard me minister and you think that, my God, this man's like a freight train. Amen, well, I wanna let you know it's not a train wreck. We're going somewhere fast and I'm going with people that want to go there with me. Amen, I'm telling you, we can go to this and we can go to that and we can be spectacularized by the next miracle worker and by the next signs and wonders and by the next. But what is God actually doing? What is God doing through you? Why does he want to do it through you? What is it that he wants to do through you? But I'm a nobody, but that's where you're wrong. You are a somebody and if somebody else won't do it, why can't you do it? If somebody else won't raise the dead, why can't you raise the dead? If somebody else won't speak up for God, why can't you speak for God? You underestimate yourself and that is Satan lying to you years after year after year underestimating underestimating what God has actually made but yet the scripture says in the Psalms that you were fearfully and wonderfully made God has given you a nation I've told all nations constantly God has given you the land take it the apostolic anointing is upon you strong whether people want to accept it or not you have been accepted in the beloved and God has placed you for such a time as this I want you to shut it out I'm ready in the name of Jesus let an irritation and an agitation rise within you but don't let it be a fleshly frustration let it be the hand and the working of God and let a fresh oil come upon you so that you can step out in the power of the might like Esther even faced with whatever she was faced with she got to deliver a nation and got to deliver a people I declare over this work that God is raising you up to deliver a nation and to deliver a people come on I didn't fly in so that I could just speak a few words ladies and gentlemen I don't even want to do this tonight I can tell you that I I could have had a meal with the pastors and our friends and and all of these different things. But I'll tell you, there is something that compels me. Even today, there's a fire that burns within me. And yet the people in the pews say, amen, Pastor Paul. That's just you. That's not me. I'm just trying to make a buck. Just trying to put food on the table. Just trying to do what you know what everybody's supposed to do. But what are we supposed to do? 
in a time where hell is rampaging, when the forces of darkness are not even trying to hide themselves, it's a full frontal assault. Demons used to lurk in the shadows, but now they are completely on Main Street. You can see them a mile off. Let me ask you, have you raised the dead recently? Have you healed the sick recently? Have you cast out a demon recently? When was the last time you actually cast out a demon? Because wherever Jesus went, he cast them out. If you're not facing demons, I'm asking you, are you even saved and born again and anointed by God? Moving right along. See, it was kind of tight right there, Pastor. But you know what? I go places and I can hear them snarl. They don't like me. I go into the nicest of places. I went into places, even into hotels, even getting checked into hotels where the people in front of me were treated with such wonderful service. And I step up, and it's like something comes over them and they start to treat me horribly. Like nothing can be done. Well, I tell you, I have the victory and I have the authority and I begin to bind that sorry thing in the name of Jesus and I say, you're not going to do this to me. Shut it out, I have authority. How many people believe you actually have authority? Come on, how many people believe that you have authority to see Dublin one for Jesus Christ? Somebody shout, hey, big amen. Come on. Come on, I believe it. Sometimes when you're among it, it begins to numb you begins to sterilize you. It begins to make you think, it can't be done. Look at it, the mountain is so big, and I feel like I am such a valley. Well, think about David. David took on the bear and the lion, and he was successful, but yet when he came to religion, religion wanted him to do it their way. When he came to Saul, it wanted David to do it Saul's way. Try my armor on, take my armor. David tried it on, he was courteous. You've heard me say it many times, but yet David wasn't to wear another man's armor. He was to do it the way that he had learned to do it, it. in the presence of God. It's how it happens in the private that the things that God wants to do becomes very, very public. It's how you win when there's no one there. It's how you will win when everyone is in front of you. When you walk into the store, when you go to your work, that the victory is not as you walk. The victory was won in your closet. People laugh at me at times, wondering why I'm up at five, why I'm up at six. Stay in bed a while, lie down a while, sleep a while. Ladies and gentlemen, that would be my demise. That would be the moment that I would take off my coat and say, you know what, let's just do it everybody else's way. But there is only one way truly to do this, and it is in the spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Are you all doing okay? Is this okay, Pastor John? I respect you very much and honor your, your place in this house. and I don't want to hurt it. But there's an agitation in my spirit. Makes me want to weep as I walk about, as I go to the north on Monday. Makes me weep because I ask, where, where are the Davids? Where are the Deborahs? Where are they? Where are the great works? Where are the prayer meetings that I can go to? Where, where are the places that I can go to? and get down with them, get out with them, get to the altar with them, and pray with them. Where are they? Please tell me their address, because I would like to visit. 
Jeremiah 29, thank you for that one, come on. I'm coming as fast as I can. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh. You shouldn't be speaking in tongues, Pastor Paul. This is a believer's meeting. You should speak in tongues more as well. I'm just praying. Unction. Recharging. Refiring. We're afraid to do these things. Imagine if I joined up to an army. The enemy was coming over the hill. I pulled on my uniform and ran out the door and they said, you know, Private Brady, you know, hey, hey, come back. I said, no, no, the army, the, the enemy's coming. No, come back, you forgot your gun. Oh, yeah, I might need it. It's the church. How we maybe be dressed in God and God's clothes, but do you have your weapons with you? Because this thing will never be won unless it's by the clothes of God, the weapons of heaven. The forces that are at work are overwhelming. To a man or a woman of God, even those in the fivefold ministry, they will be destroyed in their minds. Their calls will lie in tatters if they do not pick this up in the spirit. You say, well, people's not ready for this. Well, what are they ready for? The world seems to be ready for the pub. Every single minute they can get themselves to it. There's no excuse. There's nobody in the bars down there saying, wait a minute, guys, we might overdo it tonight with alcohol. No, the, the landlord is saying, sell as much as you can. Sell as much as you can. They're not holding back on the juice. They're not holding back on the spirit. Whiskey's running down the street. Vog is being poured out like there's no tomorrow. And yet the church, we're holding back. Now, I don't know if people can handle this. It's the church's fault. It's the church's fault. Not here. Globally. We let slip of what we had, hoodwinked out of the secret sauce. I pulled into Dallas last week. We went early in the morning. I was sleeping in the back. Thank God for somebody really nice that drove me to Dallas. I called into my chair and fell asleep. I slept for about three hours, of course. You go with Karen anywhere, you know, where there's a coffee shop coming up very close. You pull in at seven o'clock into the Georgia Capel, Texas, and I'm still, I'm coming out of there, you know, out of my cave, you know, the car, and I'm coming in like this, you know. And the guy behind the counter was like, good morning! And I was like, oh, wow. And I actually said to him, I said, oh, I see somebody's had their coffee. And he says, no, this is a secret sauce. And he went down like this, the Holy Ghost. And I was convicted. I thought coffee I can handle, but now when he comes on my level, in my playing field, and starts to mess with my message, I was like convicted, and I was like, <laughs> and then I tell you, within two minutes, we were all under the influence of the secret sauce. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a t-shirt with the secret sauce on it, and I'm going to wear it so people can ask me, what is the secret sauce? The Holy Ghost. Come on, guys, it's time for an outpouring. 
This young man was 21. He was on fire behind the counter of this coffee shop at seven in the morning, talking to me about the secret sauce. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to get me some secret sauce, hallelujah. Amen, at least in the church. Amen, he was standing in the coffee shop. We were in church tonight. How many people think you could do with a dose of secret sauce right now? John Wesley wrote of a people hungry and ready, June the 5th. 1758, in Castlebar. Dear sir, I have now gone through the greatest part of this kingdom, Leinster, Ulster, and the greater half of Connacht. Time only is wanting. If my brother could take care of England and give me but one year for Ireland, I think every corner of this nation would receive the truth as it is in Jesus Christ. They want only to hear it, and they will hear me, high and low, rich and poor. I am, dear sir, your affectionate servant. In May 5th, 1771, my dear brother in Cork, if ever you should spend a twelfth month in this kingdom, you would not repent of your labor. Here is a people ready and prepared for the Lord. I am with love to S. Hopper, your affectionate friend, and brother. Ladies and gentlemen, what happened? Where, where is the quest, the desire that no distance is too far, no price is too high, the cost never features. People drove tonight. When gas prices are high, petrol prices are high, People still get in their car from the north and come down to this meeting tonight. That's a price. But it's just not your car eating up your money. You sow that as a seed. And God will return that to you so that you can travel wherever you need to. So that you can hear what it is he wants to tell you. As much as the stream has been a blessing, it has cursed the church. Because people now sit at home and listen to messages. But what's happening is that we are being denied the power of the corporate anointing. As preachers continually say, there's no distance in the spirit. God's the same here as he is there. You have to stop saying that. I have got convicted because I say those things too. And it's like every time I say it, God reminds me that is not right. You see, when he said we were not to forsake the gathering together of the saints. I don't care if it's three, five, eight, or 8,000. There is a discipline of getting together to break bread and to visit together in the presence of the Lord. Something happens. What you can't do on your own, you can do together. A victory that got a strong that needs to be won, and you can't get it on your own. You can get it with another brother. It's not about coming just to hear pastor preach. It's not about coming just to hear the worship team just sing, and that was beautiful tonight. It's about coming together. I keep telling our place, 
you are most important to the service. This is not about me or Karn or the worship team. This is about you. That person beside you needs you. That person on the other side of you needs you. There is something in you that that person beside you needs because I have to believe that you are divinely set in this service. Isaiah 42, verse 10. Sing to the Lord a new song. In its praise from the end of the earth, you who go down to the sea and all that is in it, the islands and the coastal regions and the inhabitants of them, sing a song such as never been heard in the heathen world. They amplified. You know, I maybe broke protocol tonight to get up in the middle of the song, but you know, my heart was full. I wanted not only to sing the words of the song, but I wanted us to sing in a heavenly song. I wanted a tongue that wanted to be released, a beautiful song that God says he sings over us, but is released when we speak in the spirit. Come on, guys. Our mind wants to so just scream for understanding. And yes, you can quote scripture at me and say, you know what we need to understand and those that teach have to teach. But you have to understand there's the workings of God. I'm speaking more in English tonight than what I've done in my mother tongue from heaven. Surely there's understanding that's coming to you. But when I speak and pray for a minute or two, just forgive me. If you find it offensive, just close your ears to me and listen, no, don't listen to yourself because that maybe is not a very good thing to do. Listen to God. John six thirty seven. all whom my father gives and trusts to me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, no, never reject one of them who comes to me. Ladies and gentlemen, you better get ready because there's people that you don't even know that are about to be set on fire for Jesus Christ. And there will be ministers that wish they had done when they had the time to do it, what these people are doing. They will be firebrands in the hand of God. They will be weapons in the hand of a holy God and they will take no prisoners. These preachers are coming. And I'm telling everybody everywhere, take no prisoners. Say what you have to say. Leave it all on the altar. I tell our team and our staff all the time, I leave it all on the altar. Every time I minister in our church, I leave it all on the altar. Whatever it is, I believe that the Spirit of God is saying, I leave it all on the altar. And at times I go home and I am exhausted. Not just from a physical exertion, but because of an anointing that has come to speak. I wish people would be as exhausted to hear as I am to speak. 1859, the Ulster Awakening. Is there a brother here? Can you play the piano? I'm going to wrap this up in a couple of minutes. I hope you got something out of this tonight. Give it to somebody else if it's not for you. But it's for me. I'm asking the Lord to make me hungrier than what I've ever been. Make me wilder than what I've ever been. Somebody somewhere is going to receive it. 
I, I'm so for this land. It screams at me. I fly in, I, I become completely undone, agitated, irritated. And it's not because I don't, I love this land, but it's the spiritual condition of this land. And I don't mean it, but I, I ask the Lord continually, that's why I thank God for this church. Thank God for these pastors because I know that these pastors contend for what I'm speaking about. They want a move of God. To just have a church in this day and hour is too hard work. Churches are emptying by the thousands. Churches are closing by the multiple thousands globally. And it's not that other people are running to other religions. They're just not going anywhere. They have become their own gods in their own lives. Selfishness is at an all-time high. Even in the church, it's my life. It's my hunger. It's the way I want to worship God. Nobody says we have to go. Let's just stay home. Sure, we can watch it online. You know, I, I'm not hitting the people online. Thank God for you. And I know we're in the middle of summer and this was a brave thing to do in the middle of summer. But we got to get back to church. And even if that's just the beginnings of something with eight people in another area, in another region, who cares? Do it, God. I ask God all the time, how can I be in several places at the one time? Make it happen. If you have to translate me, then translate me. Do it. Do you know what it's like when you can hear voices of people's hearts? When you can hear the cries of the people. me get up early and stay up late you wouldn't want my job for a pension all these people wanting into ministry keep it but there's a land that God has destined God moved powerfully and this little bit of dirt I didn't know it was such an island until I left it driving through the roads of Arklow and Wicklow and they were just indifferent I look at all the churches I told my family I saw a church of Ireland today they thought that was really strange that I would tell them I saw a church of Ireland but they didn't know what was going on inside when these churches were birthed. How can Wesley speak like this? What did he see in his day that we don't? Because I don't see driving about here what Wesley saw. I, I don't see. But what I do see is potential. What I do see is a breath 
that wants to blow on this land. And one person can't do that. But there's a move that wants to come and there's a move that wants to be stirred. It's God that takes down and it's God that sets up. And I thank God in this day and hour that things are being shaken. So at least we can see what is God and what is not. That's a blessing. In 1859, the Ulster Awakening, I have contended for this for years. When the Lord told me to go to America, my heart was nearly broken. Not because I don't like America, but because of the people here. And the Lord gave me a vision. And he says, if it is better that you go so that that which needs to come can come. And I saw a little panel hammer pinging off the top of a massive rusty nail, ancient rusty nail. It was about six foot tall. We were having amazing services through the years, prayer meetings, just. The enemy attacked us, forces. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I do know some. But what I know is this, is that the enemy was determined that what happened once will not happen again. But yet, Wesley Dwell wrote in his book, Revival Fires, that where God moved once, he will move again. And I can back that up by scripture. That's all as we went to America, that nail turned to a panel pen and the hammer went to a sledgehammer. And we drove that home move of God came I'm not saying me I'm just telling you what I saw it hasn't been the easiest thing to carry an apostolic anointing everywhere I go I have to deal with it and work with it I didn't ask for it to believe that there's an anointing that is at work to blow this thing wide open. Jeremiah McQuilkin met the Lord. His first convert was a friend named Jeremiah Manili. And these two began to meet for prayer with two other young men, John Wallace and Robert Carlyle. These four commenced in a little schoolhouse at Kells, a believer's fellowship meeting. Month after month passed, and kindred spirits joined them in intercession as they wrestled and prevailed. They had to face the forces of darkness. That's what's up. We can't do it 
by having a service. It must be done. Can I have a tissue, please? It must be done. Through the operations of prayer. I apologize. I apologize for the tears. I didn't mean this to happen. Month after month passed and kindred spirits joined them in intercessions as they wrestled and prevailed. McQuilkin had been carefully studying the Bible was also much helped by a record of the life and the labors of George Miller. In 1858, there were remarkable conversions and the revival flame began to kindle. People were crying for mercy in open air meetings. A singing class was turned into a prayer meeting. Many met to pray on occasion all night. It was with extraordinary fervor that the movement spread into a hockle in the parishes, in barns and schools. I said, God, give me a barn. Balamina, the whole town seemed suddenly to arouse. The difficulty used to be, the difficulty used to be to get people into the church, wrote a minister, but the difficulty now is to get them out of the church. The benediction would be pronounced again and again and again. But each time the irrepressible petitions of the praying people would burst forth afresh, or the cry of the penitent mourning over sin would break upon the ear, and so the meeting would of necessity be protracted, perhaps in the early hours of the morning. Within the bounds of the Connor congregation, a hundred prayer meetings were held every week. The blasphemies of parties returning from markets, which had become a public nuisance, gave place to such simple but expressive hymns. It spread to Belfast and other places through the north. God was moving. An account of the 1859. Meanwhile, in New York, Jeremiah Lamphere was also crying out to God and Fulton Street prayer meetings began. An awakening was happening. 
By the summer of 1858, news of the New York prayer meeting had crossed the Atlantic. In August, two Presbyterian ministers from Ireland, from here, Dublin, came to see what it was all about. We have connected with over, with our Synod 500 churches and congregations, they said. And we have a strong desire that the same gracious dispensation which has blessed you here be bestowed upon all our churches at home. They asked for the prayers of the Fulton Street prayer meeting. Father, we ask you, in the mighty name of Jesus, move by your Spirit. Lay hold of this country, north and south, east and west. Lay hold of the islands. Lay hold of the people groups. Lay hold of them, in the name of Jesus. Lay hold of our churches. Give us no rest, Father, until we see this manifestation. Father, we put aside hurt and indifference and disappointments and be to Vasha and understand that the attack of the enemy is not personal. All have paid a heavy price. But Father, we will not let the price and the cost of this go without seeing, Father God, the return and the reward of what it is, Father God, we paid such a price for. Rise a fight within us, Father. Rise a fight within us. Kopriansky Karski Vensalo Benjula Prepadangula Paya. Continue, Father, to raise this church stronger. In the name of Jesus, Father God, even Father God, these precious people, Father God, that are like family to us that came from the north. Father, touch them with such fire. Touch them with such hunger. That, Father God, their memories will never be greater than their dreams. Father God, let their dreams burn within them. Father, let the works and the labors, Father, of their hands, Father, be rewarded and touched with such a deluge of heaven's grace in the name of Jesus. Father, we just give you praise. We don't understand why everything happens, but we know that all things happen for a purpose. And the Father God, you're turning all things for our good in the name of Jesus. But you're showing us and revealing to us and aligning us in
raise the people. You know, I have made a decision in my own life that even if I have to go to a field, I'm going to a field. To me, we're not in the days of the luxury of buildings galore. But we call in a barn for this church, a beautiful barn. We call in a move of the Spirit north and south, a barn for the people to seek the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And I will seek your face. Wesley Dewell said this also, and I'll close. Continuing in Ireland. Even in the dark regions of the south and west. Dark, because under the sway of the priest, there were springings of the water of life. There were many conversions in County Carlo, under the preaching of Joseph Denham Smith. Indeed, wherever that gifted and gracious evangelist went, his words distilled in blessing. Chiefly, however, Denham Smith's name is associated with the movement. Dublin. After visiting Ballymena in order to study the revival, he returned to his ministry at Kingstown, full of new fervor. And at once an extraordinary awakening took place, and thousands of people turned to Christ. On the Metropolitan Hall being taken, still greater numbers flocked to hear, and often remained hour after hour after hour so that the meetings were continued until late at night. One result of the Kingston work was the conversion of almost the whole of the crews of the four steamboats crossing the Irish Channel. Meetings for praise and prayer were held by the sailors whenever they were in harbor. And when the cabins proved too small, preaching was commenced from the deck. One of the other boats moved and moored along the quay on Sunday afternoons so that some of the scenes on the shore of the Lake of Galilee were reproduced in the harbor of Kingstown. Ultimately, it was decided to build in Dublin a capacious hall in which Denham Smith should find a convenient center for the prosecution of the special work of evangelism for which he was so conspicuously endowed. According to the Merriam Memorial Hall was erected, one more permanent outcome of revival. Under the daily preaching of Grattan Guinness, great numbers were impressed at Limerick. He was also preaching in Dublin, where has been born nearby George W. Fraser, a young man of 20 years from County Leitrim, was persuaded by his brother William to attend meetings held by Grattan Guinness in the Rotunda. Unable to get into the building because of the crush, the brothers climbed up to an outside window to listen. Again, on the second evening, Fraser could not get in, but climbed a gutter and sat on the sill of a second-story window 
As his feet hung over the heads of the standing room only crowd, he heard Guinness reading, Yet there is room. Luke 14, 22. He went home deeply troubled about sin in his immortal soul. And this continued for two weeks until he laid hold of the truth of Timothy 1.15. He exclaimed, I am a sinner, and Christ Jesus came to save such. And he simply took God at his word. It was the recollection of those amazing, amazing crowds that led him to write the hymn, Come, hear the gospel sound, yet there is room. In later years, Mr. Fraser published two collections of his hymns, Midnight Praises and Day Dawn Praises. Many of his hymns are still sung and enjoyed for the remaining of those stirring revival times. I'll finish with this. More Dublin converts. George Frederick Trench was another of the young men converted through the preaching of Grattan Guinness. George, a younger brother of John Alfred Trench, who became a well-known teacher and writer among brethren, was a student at Trinity College and was preparing for confirmation in the Church of Ireland. He became deeply convicted through hearing Guinness preach on John 3.7 and understood his need to be born again. He became a frequent contributor to Christian periodicals, including The Witness, and also wrote a number of books. During his time at Trinity College, George Trench formed a lifelong fellowship with a fellow student named Robert Anderson, a son of Matthew Anderson, Crown Solicitor for the City of Dublin, and a, problem, a prometic, prominent elder in the Irish Presbyterian Church. Even in early years, prayer was no mere form with him, and he has delighted to read scripture. But at 19 years old in that revival year in Dublin, he did not have assurance that he was converted. One evening, he escorted his sister to a meeting she specifically wished to attend, but felt disappointed and vexed. The fact of her conversion still gripped him, however, and he cherished the thought the following Sunday services in the Kirk might bring him blessing. Instead, through the morning service, left him more discouraged. And he resolved that if the evening one brought no relief, he would give up his quest. This is how he described what happened. The evening preacher was Dr. John Hall. His sermon was of a type to which we are now accustomed, for he boldly proclaimed forgiveness of his sins and eternal life as God's gift and grace, unreserved and unconditional. To be received as we sat in the pews, his sermon thrilled me, yet I deemed his doctrine unscriptural, so I waylaid him as he left the vestry and on our homeward walk tackled him about his heresies. Dr. Hall met the challenge by quoting scripture and the story continued. Facing me as we stood on the pavement, he repeated with great solemnity his message and appeal. I tell you as a minister of Christ and in his name that there is life for you here and now if you will accept him. Will you accept Christ or will you reject him? After a pause, I exclaimed, God's name, I will accept Christ. Not another word passed between us. But for another pause, he wrung my hand and left and turned homeward with the peace of God filling my heart. As in apostolic times, converts soon became preachers 
and Robert Anderson and George Trench labored together in Mayo, Sligo, Cork and other parts of Ireland with great blessing in the years of 1862 to 1865. In those times, the work in Dublin and other parts of Ireland was both deep and real. A contemporary, the saintly J.G. Ballot, had believed it to be, to quote his own words, a fresh energy of the Spirit. And my prayer is that is the case. It's something powerful, something beautiful, something of a fresh energy of the Spirit will grip us, will lay hold of us. Because without it, it works. Religious Father, you said that the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. And in this place, you will give peace and prosperity. You said in Ecclesiastes 7, 8, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. It's time to sustain hunger. It's time to keep our hunger. It's time to grow our hunger. It's time to develop our hunger. It's time to see the fruit of our hunger. It's time in Psalm 119 to receive the blessing, to stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. We're blessed when we follow His directions, doing our best to always find Him. That's right. Don't go off on your own. Walk straight along the road, He said. You, God, prescribed the right way to live. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping me to the course you set. Then I'll never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Oh, Father, you said it. How can a young man live a clean life by carefully reading the map of your word. I am single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you posted. I'm banked your promises in the vault of my heart, so I will never sin against you. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer my lips, all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you've told me of life. I won't forget a word of it. Be generous with me and I'll live a full life. Not for a minute I will, will I ever take my eyes off your road. Open my eyes so I can see what you show me of your miracle wonders. Remember what you said to me, your servant. I hang on to these words for dear life. These words hold me in bad times. Yes, your promises rejuvenate me. The haters hate me without mercy. 
but I don't budge from your revelation. I watch from your ancient land works and know I'm on the right track. In the name of Jesus, Father, I declare that, Father, you've ordered our steps in the name of Jesus and that, Father, no matter what has happened, we are on track to receive the glory of God in this country. In the name of Jesus, Father God, if you've done it once, I am crying out to you, Father, do it again. And that you said, Father, what will come shall be greater than what we ever had. That, Father, we stop looking back and we look forward. We stop drawing back and we push in. We stop, Father God, slinking back and carrying back. And we stop allowing ourselves to become fearful in the name of Jesus. We declare the boldness of the Lion of Judah to, Father, come like a free train in our hearts. And, Father God, for your fire to ignite us again and again and again. Do not let us grow weary. Do not let us grow faint. You, Father, cause us to rise. You cause us to walk and not grow weary. You cause us to run, Father. And, Father, you cause us to mount up. I'm declaring over this house, out of a church, there's a mounting up in the name of Jesus. That the other there's a fresh energy, a fresh a fresh operation of your spirit. And if we have to take to the fields, Father, just to pray, then so be it. If we have to take to the highways to pray, then, Father God, we will pray. Oh, Father, everybody and their dog is out there protesting and is out there, Father God, stating their case. Well, Father, it is time for your church, Father, to rise. mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Satan wants to disappoint you. Satan wants to derail you. Satan wants to render people as orphans and allow a spirit to come that will cause people to think, what hope is there? What's the use? We pour into this and we pour into that. But I'll remind you, most important thing that you poured into was the kingdom of God. Man may let you down and man may disappoint you, but the Father will never allow you to be taken. I love this in the Living Bible. I'm finished. But you, dear friends, must build up your lives evermore strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me for I am the vine and you are my branches and whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit Father I believe I've said what you wanted me to say I believe
to us, Father, Galatians 5, to walk and live habitually in your spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by your spirit. And then we will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of flesh. In the early church, Father, steadfastly persevered devoted themselves constantly to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles, breaking bread in prayers. Zil Palau, 